calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. Listen to mysteries about true histories on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All aboard the story train. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station. And you know what that means. We're going someplace new. I'm Birdie, the keeper of the story train. I wear a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. Two whistles. And you know what that means. We're headed for the rainbow tunnel that will take us far, far away. I wonder where the story train will lead us this time. Here comes the end of the tunnel. How interesting. We've arrived in a place we've been before. It's the Bark Park. Do you remember the Bark Park? It's where we first met Henry, the dog who thought he was a goat. Henry is at the Bark Park again today. And I happen to know he recently helped another dog called Walter with a different sort of problem. This story is called Back to the Bark Park. Henry was right in the middle of teaching the other dogs at the Bark Park how to climb on top of a doghouse when he noticed that there was one dog who was not playing along. This dog was Walter, and Walter never played with anyone. His owner would drop Walter off at the bark park and then Walter laid down in the shade of the big tree and stayed there all day. And this day was no different than any other. Walter was watching all the other dogs play, but he wasn't doing any playing of his own. It should be said that Walter was a very old dog who had already lived a very exciting life. Still, Henry thought he could figure out a way to get Walter to play. And so he walked over to where Walter was resting and all the other dogs followed along. Hi, Walter, Henry said. Did you know I used to think I was a goat? It's because I live on a goat farm 
and I'm the only dog there. I also act like a goat. Henry ate a clump of weeds to make his point, and when he looked up, chewing the weeds, Walter hadn't moved. Anyway, so I was thinking, maybe you could play with us, Henry said. All the other dogs barked that this was a very good idea. But Walter didn't budge. How about fetch? Henry asked. Fetch is a fun game. I'll kick this red ball and you fetch it. Henry kicked the red ball and it rolled out into the bark park. All the other dogs wanted to race after the red ball, but they stayed put so Walter could get to it first. But Walter didn't move. Hmm, so fetch isn't your cup of tea, Henry said. No problem. How about we play follow the leader? I'll lead and you follow. Henry started prancing around the bark park and all the other dogs followed. They pranced all the way to the other side of the bark park and when they came back to the big tree, Walter was still in the same spot. Henry was starting to think it would be impossible to get Walter to play. He thought and thought and thought, and then he had an idea. I'll be the dog trainer, and you can be the dog, Henry said. Okay, everyone, sit. All the other dogs sat at attention, but Walter didn't move. Roll over, Henry said. All the other dogs rolled over, but Walter still didn't move. Henry had tried all the games he could think of. He tried getting Walter to fetch the red ball, but that hadn't worked. Then he tried playing follow the leader, but Walter hadn't budged. Playing sit and roll over was fun, but Walter didn't think so. Henry was all out of ideas. Henry slowly walked up to Walter and sat down. He let the soft wind blow through his fur and listened to the leaves rustling in the tree overhead. He took a deep breath. Walter, did you know that when I first came to the bark park, I was afraid because I was different. I sat right behind the big tree and felt sad. Do you feel afraid? Finally, Walter lifted his head. Henry had gotten his attention. I'm not afraid, said Walter. Oh, said Henry. Are you sad? Not really, said Walter. Oh, are you tired? Sometimes I'm tired, said Walter. But mostly, I'm not useful anymore. Henry thought this was a very interesting thing to say. So he asked Walter what he meant. I used to be a seeing-eye dog, Walter said. I helped blind people find their way. I was very good at it. That's amazing, said Henry. You're like a hero dog. <sighs> Maybe I was a hero dog, said Walter, but not anymore. I'm too old for that now. Henry suddenly had a very big idea. It was so big, it made him jump up onto his feet. Stay right here, Walter. I'll be right back. Henry ran across the bark park 
all the way to the other side, and all the other dogs followed close behind. There was a lot of barking of questions. Where is Henry going in such a hurry? What could it mean? Is this what goats do? Henry arrived at the far end of the bark park, where there was a small dog named Millie wandering around. Millie wandered right into a fence post, backed up, and started wandering again. Then, Millie bumped into the side of the doghouse. Hello there, Millie, said Henry. Oh, who's there? Millie said as she looked at Henry. It's me, Henry, Henry said. Oh, hi, Henry. Did I just bump into the doghouse or the tree? asked Millie. The doghouse, said Henry. Oh, right, the doghouse, said Millie. I was wondering if you could come with me, Henry said. I have someone I'd like you to meet. I can try, said Millie. It's just that I can only see fuzzy shapes. You're a big fuzzy brown ball. I know, Millie, said Henry, because your eyes are different than mine, right? Yeah, mine don't work very well, said Millie. Come on, said Henry, follow my voice. Henry started to walk away as he barked and barked. Millie followed Henry's voice and stayed very close so she wouldn't bump into anything. Eventually, they ended up under the big tree. We've arrived, said Henry. All the other dogs barked happily. Where are we? asked Millie. And what's that dark-colored fuzzy blob under the tree? That's Walter, said Henry. Millie walked straight ahead until she bumped into Walter's nose. Are you Walter? asked Millie. I am Walter, said Walter. And then Henry explained some things. He told Walter that Millie's eyes didn't work like a normal dog's eyes. All Millie could see were fuzzy shapes, so she was always bumping into things. And then Henry told Millie how Walter had been a seeing-eye dog for many years, but now he didn't have anyone to help. As soon as Walter understood what was going on, something very exciting happened. Walter stood up. You are a very big fuzzy blob, said Millie. Would you help me find my way around the bark park? And then Walter did something he hadn't done in a very long time. Walter smiled. From that day forward, Walter and Millie were inseparable. Wherever Millie went, Walter went too. If Millie played fetch, Walter helped her find the ball. And if Millie wanted to play follow the leader, Walter walked right behind her and told her which way to go. If Millie was about to bump into the big tree, Walter always made sure to guide her around to the other side. And sometimes, when Walter was a little bit tired, Millie laid down under the tree right next to her big, amazing, fuzzy blob hero. 
and they were very happy. The story train is rolling past the bark park and into the rainbow tunnel. It's back to Pflugerville for us. All aboard the story train. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station. And you know what that means. We're going someplace new. If you've never ridden on the story train before, here are a few important things to remember as we roll on down the tracks. I'll blow the whistle twice right before we leave. Make sure you're in your comfy seat. The story train is a magical train, and when we leave, we'll go through the rainbow tunnel. The rainbow tunnel can take us anywhere. We won't know where we're going until we get there. It's a surprise. The story train has a mind of its own. It goes where it wants to, and sometimes we can even ask the story train questions. One whistle for yes, two whistles for no. Let's ask the story train a question. Are we going to a forest today? One whistle means yes. I wonder what we'll find in the forest and where the forest will be. Here we go. Where will the story train lead us this time? We're entering the rainbow tunnel. Hold on, everyone. It's off to far, far away. Here comes the end of the tunnel. We've arrived in a familiar neighborhood where two very brave cats live. The story train wants to see them again because something very special has happened. If you remember, Midnight and Nimbus are two cats who help kids who sometimes feel a little bit afraid at night. They keep watch over everything and give kids courage. Well, just the other day, Midnight and Nimbus had a different sort of experience that was a little bit surprising. Rolling past houses with families fast asleep for the night, but Midnight and Nimbus are still prowling around the streets, making sure everything is safe and sound. This story is called Midnight and Nimbus find new friends. Midnight and Nimbus had recently spent several nights watching over a girl who lived in the yellow house on the corner. But she was sleeping much better now, so they decided to walk along the streets of the neighborhood. When Midnight and Nimbus prowled around, they could sense if anyone was feeling afraid in any of the houses. And on this night, all was quiet. Everyone was sleeping snugly in their beds. It's very quiet tonight, said Midnight. Very, said Nimbus. They walked along, quiet as could be, padding along the pavement. And then they heard a surprising little sound. The sound was something they were familiar with, but hadn't heard for a long time. The sound they heard was a kitten 
meowing into the night. It's a kitten, said Nimbus. I do like kittens, said Midnight. Shall we find it? We shall, said Nimbus. And so they kept on, listening carefully as they tried to find the kitten who was meowing into the night. They went through the front yards and down the long streets, searching and searching. After a very long time, they happened upon a fancy little shed, painted blue, sitting in the backyard of a house. There was a curving pathway that led to the shed, and little lights all along the way. Midnight and Nimbus carried on, prowling until they got to the door of the blue shed, and in they went. Once they were inside, they heard not one, but two sounds. One was the sound of the kitten, who turned out to be gray. The other was the sound of a mouse roaring. But it was such a tiny little thing that its roar barely made any sound at all. The two of them, the mouse and the kitten, went wide-eyed when they saw Midnight and Nimbus. We were hoping you would come, said the kitten. I'm Buttons, and this is Farley. Farley is a mouse. I'm a kitten. So I see, said Midnight. And why are you meowing and roaring in the middle of the night? It was then that the mouse Farley spoke. His voice was very small, so Midnight and Nimbus had to lean in close to hear. We want to be brave protectors like you, said Farley the mouse. Buttons and I live in the blue shed, but there are other animals who live here too. And sometimes they get scared at night, said Buttons. We want to help them feel safe. A noble cause, said Nimbus. What sorts of animals live in the blue shed, asked Midnight. Oh, there's a squirrel and a rabbit, said Buttons. And don't forget the raccoon, said Farley the mouse. Raccoon gets very nervous at night. And raccoon, said Buttons. Midnight and Nimbus searched with their eyes and saw all the creatures of the shed hiding in one corner or another. We will help you, said Midnight. Follow us, said Nimbus. Midnight and Nimbus prowled out of the blue shed, down the winding path, and out into the neighborhood. For all that night and the night after, they showed Farley the mouse and Buttons the kitten all the many places in the neighborhood. They passed each of the houses and explained who lived there, all the streets and street lamps, all the yards and trees and sidewalks. And while they prowled, they told them all the secrets of the night and how really the night was not frightening at all. It was very peaceful, and Farley and Buttons learned all the many things they needed to know in order to be brave and watch over the animals of the blue shed. On the third night, Midnight and Nimbus told Farley the mouse and Buttons the kitten that they were ready. Farley the mouse roared his tiny roar. Buttons the kitten meowed very confidently. And then the two of them returned to the blue shed 
and watched over it. And all through the many nights that came after, Midnight and Nimbus always stopped in to say hello and see how they were doing. And every time they stopped at the blue shed in the middle of the night, Farley the mouse and Buttons the kitten were sound asleep. The story train is rolling past through the many houses and into the rainbow tunnel. All aboard the story train. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station. And you know what that means. We're going someplace new. I'm Birdie, the keeper of the story train. I wear a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. That's the sound of two whistles. We're headed for the rainbow tunnel that will take us far, far away. I wonder where the story train will lead us this time. Here comes the end of the tunnel. Oh, I know this place. We've been here before. Sometimes the story train likes to return to places it's already rolled by to see if anything new is happening. We've arrived back in Ireland, in the big field where Llama and Bunny live. And according to the story train, Llama and Bunny have just had quite an adventure. Let's hear all about it. This story is called An Adventure for Llama and Bunny. It was a sunny day in the big green field of grass, and Bunny was hopping, hopping, hopping. Bunny loved to hop through the tall grass because it made him feel like a big bunny. When he was on the ground, the grass hid him from view. But when he hopped very high, Llama could see him up in the air. I see you, said Llama, and now I don't see you. Llama, of course, was much taller than Bunny so Llama couldn't hide in the tall grass as easily as Bunny could. She kept watching Bunny hop and hop and hop. You are very good at hopping, said Llama. But then something strange happened. Bunny stopped hopping. Or at least Llama couldn't see Bunny anymore. Where did you go, Bunny? asked Llama. I'm down here, yelled Bunny. It sounded like Bunny was far away, so Llama raced off in one direction, searching for him. I am here, Bunny, said Llama. I think you're farther away now, said Bunny. And it was true. Bunny's voice did sound farther away. Llama raced off in another direction and yelled again, but Bunny's voice was still far away. This went on for some time, until finally, Llama arrived close to Bunny's voice, but not too close. I can't see you, Bunny, said Llama, but I can hear you. I'm down here, said Bunny. It was then 
that Llama realized what had happened. Bunny had hopped right into a hole. Llama peered down into the hole in the green field. Oh my, said Llama. You've hopped right into the hole. I sure have, said Bunny, and I'm too small to climb out. Can you help me? Llama thought this was a very exciting idea. I will help you, said Llama, and then Llama ran away. After a little while, Llama came back. I have brought you a snow cone, said Llama. Bunny didn't think a snow cone would help him get out of the hole. Don't worry, said Llama. I'll be right back. Please keep an eye on the snow cone. And then Llama ran away again. And after a little while, Llama came back. I have brought you some flowers, said Llama. Bunny liked the flowers, but he didn't think they would help him get out of the hole. Please watch these flowers while I rescue you from the hole, said Llama. And then Llama ran away again. And after a while, Llama came back. I have brought strawberries, said Llama. Hmm, I think we're going to need something else to get me out of the hole, said Bunny. But I will watch the strawberries. I'll be right back, said Llama. The next time, Llama came back with a butterfly. The butterfly flew down and landed on Bunny's nose. I see you've hopped into a hole, said the butterfly. I have, said Bunny. Llama bent down and leaned her head into the hole, so her face was very close to Bunny and Butterfly. It's very cozy down here in the hole, said Llama. Bunny climbed onto Llama's head and sat down. Now Bunny was sitting on Llama, and the butterfly was sitting on Bunny. If you stand up straight, I think you will rescue me from the hole, said Bunny. I think Bunny is right, said the butterfly. And so Llama did stand up straight, and as she did, she lifted Bunny right out of the hole. You can set me down on the ground now, said Bunny. Llama leaned back down, and Bunny hopped off Llama's head. I have rescued Bunny from the hole, said Llama. You sure did, said Bunny, and you did something else. I did, asked Llama. You have collected many things, said Bunny, and the many things make a picnic with friends. Llama's eyes grew wide. I think you might be right. We have a snow cone, some flowers, some strawberries, and our good friend the butterfly. Let's have a picnic, said Butterfly. And so they did. Llama, Bunny, and the butterfly talked all about the adventure getting Bunny out of the hole. They ate strawberries and smelled flowers and had a snow cone for dessert. After a time, Butterfly flew away, and Bunny had an idea. It's a sunny day, said Bunny. Let's hop. Bunny hopped away, and Llama chased behind, and they made sure to stay far away from the hole in the green field. The story train is rolling on, 
past the green field in Ireland, and all around the big world. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go, and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Come back again. The story train is always on its way to somewhere far, far away. Go Kid Go. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.